This is the story of Queen Esther from New York. People are caught up in the fantasy of the whiteness of country music. It's just white, white, whitey, white, white, and it's something that they think belongs to them. Well, it doesn't. I came up with Black Americana in 1996 or 98, and everybody asked me, shouldn't you be singing R&B? I mean, you're Black. But no, believe it or not, I am a Black country singer, and I sing Black Americana. The phrase seems like an oxymoron, but Americana is just Black, Black, Blackity Black, and no one is willing to say it or acknowledge it. To me, the genre is all-encompassing because it acknowledges that the foundation of all American music blues, bluegrass, swampgrass, and everything else is African music traditions. There isn't anything in popular American music that can't sit in the tree that is Black Americana. The banjo came from West Africa, built like an Akin tongue, which is from Senegal and Gambia. Played with the same downstroke technique as that classic 1840s banjo. Until the 1840s, we were the only ones who played banjo. But then Joel Sweeney came along and commercialized it, but it belonged to us. There are so many things that were invented by slaves, but slaves weren't allowed to claim their own inventions. So their owners, the white colonizers, could say that they created them and get the patent, get the money, and get the historical credit. A popular filament in light bulbs was created by a black man. Jack Daniel's whiskey was created by a slave named Nearest Green. Green taught him top to bottom how to do this, and Jack Daniel and his whole family and everybody knew it. Green never got any money for it, though. He's never gotten acknowledgement, never even gotten praise for it until very recently in 2016. So many tools that gynecologist uses come from this guy, J. Marion Sims from South Carolina. He didn't believe Black people could feel pain. After he failed miserably as a general practitioner, he went to plantations and used black women to experiment on to solve this pressing vaginal problem in the 19th century. He had a makeshift hospital with eight beds and he essentially butchered black women with no anesthesia until he got it right. Their black bodies were not their own. One was 17 years old with 30 surgeries. Because of them, we have the field of gynecology. Who knew? The refrigerator, traffic light, super soaker, technology behind caller ID, potato chips. There's a jillion and one things that we use every day that Black people invented or advanced that people either don't care or don't know to care. People really want to believe the narrative. Well, African-Americans just haven't done anything. They need to believe that because if they knew the truth, if they knew that it weren't for the Black, the African infrastructure that built up this country and created its first world status, this country would just be a backwater because no one would have been there to pick the cotton or the tobacco or chop the sugarcane. I mean, it actually boggles my mind. Now in Texas and in other parts of the country, you got people rewriting textbooks because they're just not comfortable with the idea of slavery. So they're calling slaves migrant workers, or volunteers. They're just rephrasing and falsifying history. When I'm dealing with white people, especially Americans, I wanna understand their propensity for whiteness. Whiteness is a marketing ploy which was created to be juxtaposed to blackness, to create blackness. The idea was to erase the African captives' history, their culture, their language, their religion, their everything, and just leave this stripped-down husk of a person, a black person. I'm from the Low Country. That's an area in the South encompassing Georgia, South Carolina, and some of Florida. I'm also two generations removed from slavery. 
My father's mother's parents were slaves. And I know that both my father and his mother were born on plantations. So it's a constant reminder for me that this stuff didn't happen so long ago. Maybe that's why my African roots are really strong in me, stronger in me than most people. I was in church every day of the week, started singing spirituals and field haulers as soon as I could stand. Those roots made me stick out like a sore thumb when I came to New York City to sing. People were like, why is a black girl singing country music? The further north I went, the more southern I became, the more frustrated I became that nobody seemed to realize that me holding a banjo and singing country music was not me straying from my blackness, but me reclaiming it. Jimmy Rogers said that a country music is just the white man's blues, and it basically is. It was called hillbilly music before it was called country music. Hillbilly music was sold to poor working class white people. That was the pitch. There was this sentiment, this yearning for this image of the South that was green and lush, free of slaves. That's where they wanted to belong. It was a magical wonderment. The record label gave them that sound. They nurtured it and eventually marketed it as country. At the core of country music, right down to the banjo that they can't stop playing, is the African blues-based tradition. It just happens to be a white guy playing instead of a black person. I don't think that people understand what the African captives did, what slavery meant, how pervasive and all-encompassing it was, and how it established America's first world status. This country wouldn't be what it is without my ancestors. This country's music would not exist. This country in and of itself would not exist. That's the biggest takeaway of all, and I don't know how to explain the enormity of that. It's just something as simple as, you owe Black people for everything.